Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. I hope you have had a great week. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Drew Holcomb. His new album, Dragons, just released a few months ago. It's excellent, excellent, excellent. I hope you grabbed a copy. Today on the show is a woman I just um, so deeply respect and have loved getting to know and watched as she has led in a new space, in a new way that has not been done before. I think Latasha Morrison is is a prophet to our generation, uh, a prophet in a lot of ways, but particularly in how we handle racial reconciliation. And I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. Her new book, Be the Bridge, comes out on Tuesday. Make sure you go ahead and pre-order it today. So here's my conversation with my good friend, Miss Latasha Morrison. Do y'all have an office in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. We okay. have a, um, we use a co-working spot. Okay. How so many of y'all are there full-time? Just three. Okay. You and Amanda and... And Faith. Faith just literally is not even a month old. We just brought her on in okay. August. So, and we haven't even announced it yet. Oops. <laughs> uh, we just, breaking. Yeah, yeah, breaking yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> no, this won't come out until your book comes out, so it'll probably be... Okay. <laughs> you're fine. But if y'all don't know... Breaking, oh, news. Breaking likes news. to Tasha likes to bring the bring the real heat in the first three minutes and tell Breaking us what we don't news. know. Yeah, I love so, it. Yeah, that's right. it. What made you decide you needed employees? When did when was the shift from one man show to I need help? I needed employees from day one. Really? Because really from day one, um, I was in an organization when Be the Bridge took off, and I hadn't planned to start a nonprofit organization. And so, really, within the first year, Be the Bridge grew really wide, right. but there was no infrastructure, and I was working full time. Oh, you had a full time job, yeah. And when on the I, side, you just started Be the Bridge. I started Be the Bridge on the side, like, and started like thinking about it 2015, and launched it um, 2016. Okay. And, and were so, you still in Atlanta then? No, I was still in, I was in Austin. All okay. this happened in Austin. Okay. I moved to Austin in 2012. So I was in Austin from 2012 to 2017, the end of 2017. Got it. And so within there, Be the Bridge started after really the IF gathering 2015. So uh-huh. it really started from that conversation at IF. Right. And then um, from- Like you walked away yeah. from that and went like, I need to create this? No. Or you had created it and then you told all those white women no, and then it took off? No, 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 no. So <laughs> I <laughs> I walked away. So I was having conversations in 2014 with Jenny and Jamie and different ones. They uh-huh. were part of the original conversation. We How didn't did even call it Be the Tri- Bridge. Um, I met Jenny after her 2013 conference. Okay. And I had a co- conversation with her because um, the conference lacked a lot of um, diversity, which she knew. And so she was really trying to improve that. And she wanted to have conversations with people of color um, around that. And so I met with her and some other friends doing that. So right after 2013, probably like a few weeks after that conference, oh, wow. I met with her in 2000, um, yeah, 2014. Okay. Sorry, 2014. Okay. And we, her conference was in February. We started meeting as a group in two thousand in March. Oh my gosh! So it was like quick, like let's bring some people together, let's do this, and we got to commit to this. And this is about a lifestyle. And so we started meeting, and a part of that group was Jessica Honiger, sure. Jamie Ivy, this lady named Shelby Coke, this lady named Kim Patton, Susan um, C. 
And then um, there was a couple other people. I'm leaving off some names. Laura Choi, mm-hmm. um, Becca Self, and this lady named Regina Mitchell. Myself, Karen Yang, and then Eloise, um, a lady named Eloise Esperado, okay. you know. And so, um, yeah, and so we were all having conversations. And then in the midst of that, Ferguson happened. And so it was just like a big thing. And so from there... Then 2015, she was having her conference. She said, I would really love to introduce what we've been doing over the last year to my audience uh-huh. and show people like what we can do. Can you take kind of like what we've been doing and put together some, because we didn't have a guide. We didn't have anything. We were just using some of the restorative justice methods and then just talking about current news and just mm-hmm. getting to know one another. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of social events. And then um, from there, you know, once we went to, I put together. And then everybody knew. Yeah. So I put together a guide. Like it was just going to be, she wanted something similar to, you remember the If Pray that they used to do? She wanted something similar to that. But I was like, really, I felt the Lord had given me like this process that we kind of went through as a group. So I took each word as a process and I made it kind of like a, a, a focus on that for that month that you got would it, do. Got it, got it, And so it was like more than just like a week thing. Uh-huh. It was like, it turned into, it was kind of done a little larger than what we were thinking it was going to be done. She just wanted a Which is like guy. the theme of if. Yes. <laughs> it's just a little yeah. larger than we thought we were going right. to do. Right. <laughs> and so I just did a day. I started with awareness and, you know, yeah. and did it like that. And then from there, we, she, they designed the booklet. And so it was just in partnership with them. And then I, we put on there, be the bridge because one of the things in 2013 when I was on my way to the conference, I really was contemplating my leave from Austin because I, oh, I wow. wasn't enjoying it. It was just, I it's didn't feel, hot, it, 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 yes, it's too hot. It's and too then hot. I didn't feel purposeful. Like oh, wow. I was like, why am I here? Like I, I moved here for a job, but it just didn't feel like it was it at that time. Um, the first job that I had, I made some great people. I mean, it's, I would not change that time because out of that time birth be the bridge and I had so many good conversations. Ooh, and let's talk about I, that that there are people who are sitting right where they're sitting wanting to leave. Yes. And if you leave yes. when you want to leave, you may miss. You may miss. And I think that was the thing is wow. you know sometimes like a friend of mine said she said sometimes God will take you on a journey by way of something else. And mm. so although it was like I moved to Austin for this job and but in the midst of that, I met some wonderful people yeah. that would challenge me, push me, and then also cause me to have to think about this, to yeah. have to think about this work that I'm doing and the conversations that I was having. Like it yeah. was, if it wasn't for me being in that environment, because in Atlanta, I was a little more isolated, you know? Okay. And so, and so I would say isolated and insulated. You know, mm. and so I would, it was, so I didn't have to, although my church that I was going to was predominantly white, my friend group um, wasn't as diverse, you know, uh-huh. in that sense, like, like my core friend group. And when you and say so, core friend, you mean not diverse, you mean not white people. Yeah. Not, not it, black people. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were all my, my core group in, in Atlanta, because I had been originally a part of an African-American church, mm-hmm. my core group of friends that I went to college with and all those different things, they were all African-American. But I attended a predominantly white church at okay. their, um, at, I was ten, attending a predominantly white church. So I had a small group member. Uh-huh. I had small group members uh-huh. and I had other friends. They were friends, but they weren't like, like my girls. Like right, that. right, right. <laughs> you know? Where and did you so, go to college in Atlanta? Um, 
No, I didn't go to college in Atlanta. I oh, went to sorry, college sorry, in sorry. North Carolina. I'm originally okay. from North Carolina. Okay. So Fayetteville. I was okay. about to say Fayetteville, but yeah, Fayetteville. Yeah. So I military learned a term town. yesterday, um, HBCU. Oh, yeah, HBCU. Yeah. Was it Historically HBC? black colleges. Yeah. No, I didn't go to a historically black okay. college. Okay, okay. I wanted to, but there a lot of them are private and they're not cheap. Yep. And so, um, but yeah, I ended up going to East Carolina University. So, oh, sure. which was a part of my journey. Like you said, it's like you never know, like these threads that you have. Yeah. Because in that journey, that's where I became a Christian. Um, oh, wow. And so, a lot of times, just like our our institutions, our religious institutions are, are segregated, so are the parachurch organizations. And so, yes. when you start thinking about a lot of the campus ministry stuff, even when I was going to college, they didn't have the diversity inclusion initiative like they do now and so when I was going it was like you know people who were in in varsity they were they would reach people who look like them you know and so that's how we do we we self-segregate and we do that in our lives and we take it into our faith you know and so I've um, had two African-Americans on my show that went to Georgia with me at the same time uh Benjamin Watson and Casey J and I've said to both of them what campus ministries were you a part yeah. of? And we we both had these conversations like we were at the same school at the same time and, you don't, and we're believers exactly. and we didn't interact. Because we, we would normally, what the black people would, um, what you kind of go towards is the gospel choir. Mm-hmm. And then if yes, you're not- Yes, that's what Casey J yep, did. And, and if you're not a part of the gospel choir, you, you're you part of like the student union, the black student union or the minority student affairs. Mm-hmm. And those are the same, the and things FCA, that- that's yes, what Benjamin FCA, was, yeah. and so- so you you have that same divide. So when I became a Christian, growing up in a military town where I went to a school that was at least um, 13% um, non-white. And so that's a pretty good percentage when you when you think about that as it relates to the population. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so, but my teachers, like I, I, I didn't have that story where people said, I never had a African-American teacher or a Latinx teacher or an Asian teacher. Like I grew up having all of that. Because you it know? was a military. Yeah, because it was yeah. a military town. And so, but when I became a Christian and I went to college, my life became more segregated. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of like you had the white Christian students and then you had the black Christian students. So unless you were a white person that hung around black people, I didn't you know, interact with you. Or if you were a black person that maybe majority of your friends were white, then you may have been in university, but that was very few people that was in there. Like some of the band students, you know, because uh-huh, there's a little uh-huh. more... Um, because um, you're connecting somewhere else too. Exactly. Right. So some of the band students, you would see them. But I'm telling you, I cannot remember, unless it was a person, there's one girl's name that comes to mind, and that's because she hung out in our friend circle. But I cannot remember one white person, like someone that I can call friend that I met in college. And I'm pretty sure that's the same for a lot of white people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can, but, I can name yeah. one. Besides and so, football players, right? Exactly. Besides the ones that everybody knew Yeah. Their names. And yeah. so, and just, but I lived among people. I mean, right beside each other. Um, you know, during the summer, sometimes, you know, you would have a roommate, you know, yeah. I can't even remember a roommate's name. Yeah. Like, it's sad. Like, it's like, it's like you live like, almost invisible to one another. Yes, and yes. so it's really sad. So that gives me a heart for what's happening on college co- Yeah, tell me about that. Now. I didn't know about that, about the yeah. initiative. Yeah, so one of the initiatives that we have with Be The Bridge is um, Be The Bridge University, so BTBU. Um, because I'm connected to, to a lot of people in crew and yeah. in a varsity, they, they have more initiatives now. And, I, and because of my personal experience, I want to support that because that – 
that lens, when you have people coming from all across this country that have been raised differently, they have been raised in different worldviews, um, you haven't interacted. And as a African-American, we have to we we have to know how to interact and integrate um, because in order to thrive. So it's like you got to know how to survive and thrive. And so mm-hmm. you can go in and out of spaces. So you may have your church or your neighborhood may be all black, but if, you, if you're if you going to school or if you're going to work, um, maybe it's all white, but you know how to, sadly, you have to code switch a lot. And yeah. so, but because when you're the majority culture, you don't have to do that. You can live your life very insulated yes. and not even interact with another person yeah. of color. It depends on where you live, where you go to church, yeah. your extracurricular activities, all those things is real easy to do. But for me, it's really hard, especially Especially it depends on the space you're going into, especially the Christian space and different things like that. And so because of that history, and I know you have people coming from the Midwest, different places, North Dakota, that the only thing they know about someone of a different ethnicity is the negative stereotypes or the negative, you know, stories that they hear through the media, through books, and then just through even family, you know? And so they haven't met a real life person. So you see all these incidents that happen. Happen, racial incidents that we have we see happening on college campuses but what if the colleges were more prepared for that mm-hmm. like we know that that's going to happen just like any other space yeah. when you're in the military or when you're in um, corporate America corporate America I worked in corporate America for 10 years before I went into full-time ministry and that was the thing that was the awakening for me because there was more initiatives there when it t- came to diversity and inclusion than it was in the church and oh, that wow. was embarrassing to me yeah. you know that I was sitting in courses, um, having to go through um, learning um, initiatives, uh, you know, about equity and about equality and, you know, inclusion, all these different things. And I had never experienced that within the church. And so what if colleges were, you know, it's going to happen. You know, you see what's happening in our, you know, our society and our community and just what's happened to the division. You know, it's a greater divide even now. But I think the divide is just more on the surface than um, under the surface, you know. And so you see that. So we wanted to create a tool that could be used on college campuses just like adults can use it to really start the conversation so that all kids are seen. And so that, um, you know, um, so that all the students feel like they're known and that they're loved and that they're cared for and they're listened to. And so um, when there was an incident at Texas A&M a couple years ago, we have some Be The Bridge groups there. And a lot of times what happens is Be The Bridge groups, leaders, they're just so awesome. And so wherever they're interested Intersecting uh-huh. because this is a lifestyle. They want they want to bring that be the bridge lifestyle into those environments. And so one of uh, one of the groups we had in Texas at Texas A and M in that area, um, a lot of them were had, were church leaders, and so right. they had connections to the college. The college and yeah. they started some conversations. So there was a racial incident that happened where some racial slurs were um, shouted out to some some visiting freshmen, oh, and it made national news. <laughs> and so they were able to come along side of the student government president and um, some leaders at the college campus to have a conversation. And they used the um, the Be The Bridge um, guide at that time. We didn't have a college guide at that time, but they used the Be The Bridge guide to kind of initiate it. And there was just feedback from the African-American students because you have very few African-American students and also Latinx students that are on those campuses that, you know, that are invisible, you know, just like I was on my campus. And for for one time for someone to pause and say we know this hurt yeah 
What are you feeling? Yeah. You know, you know, how can we do better? You know, for to for something to be acknowledged like that, that's a lot of times what the the beginning conversation yes. is just that to be aware and acknowledge like that's painful because just because this this is one incident, most of us in our life has we've had ten incidents like that. Okay. And then sometimes that last that last incident, that third incident, that fourth is the last straw for us, you uh-huh. know, in that sense uh-huh. where you say, you know, I'm done. Yeah. You know? And so um I think that's that was the thing that said we really need information for college campuses. And so since then, we've had some connections with crew and different organizations, and we're developing a lot more of that. And so with the grant we got from Facebook, that's some of the stuff that we're planning. You were such a winner that day. That was so fun to watch. (laughs) You get that money. I know. I loved it. I am. uh, So I'm in a small group in my church that is about racial reconciliation. Okay, great. It's it's awesome. It's led by one of our pastors that's a white man and a leader that's a black man. Oh, great. And the room is very mixed, surprisingly. Like I okay. thought it was going to be a bunch of white people being like, what am I, what do I not know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What am I supposed of, to do? Yeah, yeah. 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 But a lot of, uh, other races, all sorts oh, yeah, of races yeah. have shown up too. So I have a lot of questions to ask you and thoughts around okay. this. Yeah. But one of the things that was interesting last night is one of the white women said, why did y'all pick to come to church here oh, when it's so predominantly question. white? I was asked that same question. I bet. Yeah. And it's just really interesting when 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 you were talking about having to so shape good. shift a little bit yeah. of going like, why are y'all choosing right. this over? And there's a there's the woman at my table particularly is in a really hard spot. A yeah. Black woman's in a really hard yeah. spot about what's yeah. going on in the nation and she's angry. Yeah. But when she said, Well, the Lord told me to come here. So yeah. that's why I'm here. Yeah. And I, I liked what the first sermon. and But it was interesting to hear. So what makes you, because here's what's happened to you, whether yeah. you like, whether this was your choice or not, Tasha, yeah. is suddenly you and Amina, it feels like, uh-huh. have become like the black women that Christian white women like. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does that feel yeah. true? Yeah, it, it feels true. Like, But I think, I wonder, I think some of it with me, sometimes I feel like, People that have had relationships for a long time, I get it, you know. But I think sometimes people are enamored with, oh, my goodness, she's so nice. Yes. And I want to be her friend, and she's funny. But it's like when I bring, will they accept me when I bring my full self into that space? When I bring my full self, my hurt self, my confused self, like when I'm angry, you know what I'm saying? And and there's, cause there's different types. We, nobody's monolithic. And, you know, I have my moments and my days too. And so it's like, I want people to be loving whether they think that person, just because that person doesn't, um, speak in a bridge building way like maybe yeah, I do. Yeah. But maybe they're speaking out of the pain that this this happened yeah. in their experiences or their frustration. Yeah. It's like how do you have empathy for that person too? Yeah. And want to be there. That's friend? been my concern. Like yeah. one of my it's like we've picked some token yeah. Uh, yeah. for lack of a better word, some token yeah. safe black women. Yeah. That exactly. we go, well look, we look, we had her. Yeah, at our event, exactly. Look, we had her. Look, oh, Amina did another poem. You, so are we're diverse. Chill, you, you're, you're hitting the questions. That's so good because it's like, and you don't. I and like this is the thing I tell my friends. Just like I don't want to be your token single friend. Uh, listen, I don't want to be your token single exactly, woman. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you know yeah. what I'm saying. So you, yes. so, so that same thing is I don't want to be anyone's token. And what I've seen, 
I've seen um, my friends, a lot of my friends that have are building relationships with other people, and uh-huh. I love that, and yes. that's beautiful. And yes. so, and and that's the same thing with me. Like you know, I think about that when it comes to um, Native Americans or when it yes. comes to Latinx. I don't want to. Are you have saying to Latinx? Call, yeah, I, I okay, say Latinx that? because Latinx mean? is more of a millennial term. Okay, in the sense where you could say Latina is more feminine, and then Latino is more masculine, um, masculine yeah. and then Hispanic is a place. It like uh, okay. is disconnected from um, Latin America in a sense, you okay. know, and so it's just hard. It's so many things that no, you no, no, that's good. Have I just didn't learn. know that word. That's I mean, that's how I felt last night at group when I learned HBCU. I yeah. wrote it down. Someone across the room said it, so I wrote it on my paper. And the sweet girl next to me, the one yeah. who's kind of angry, she says. And she slides her phone to me and she had pulled it yeah. up on Google for me. Yeah, historically like, oh, black colleges and universities. Like, I yeah. can tell you what it means yeah. later. I yeah. was like, well, that's And you so know, sweet. but this is the thing. This is what I want to say for your audience and just for you so that we can understand. I think it's really good to give context because how our history has been um, really erased. And people say, well, why can't we just have an all-white school if you have historically black colleges? All colleges were historically white. So when you have Princeton, Harvard, all of them. Yes, Georgia. All of those were founded for white students. And so we couldn't go to those colleges. But there was a need for us to have education too. And so we, those schools were segregated. So because of segregation, you have historically black colleges. And this is the thing. A lot of these colleges now, some of them like Fayetteville State and, and Fayetteville, they're state ran schools now. They went up under the U- university system of, of North Carolina, but it's still historically, it's considered a historically black college because that's the history that's connected with mm-hmm. it. But anyone can go to that school. So you go to that school now and you'll see all types of people, but historically the culture of the school, the band, all these different things that are historically to the history of the church. So Spelman College, Clark. And so none of these schools are segregated, you know, anymore. But historically they were black and they were only created because of segregation, because the same thing with black congregations, Asian congregations, the only reason why they exist is because of racism. Yep. You know? Yeah, the, the erasing history why. part. Like, you can you trace your family back using gene- genealogy no. like I can? No. No. None of, and this is the thing. It takes a lot of work and a lot of money. And I, and I think it's unfair for us to have to pay to find ourselves in that yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. But I did do the Ancestry DNA. Yeah. And so doing the Ancestry DNA, um, you know, I knew... You know you come from the the slave coast, so the Gold Coast in Africa. So we know that predominantly a lot of us are West African. If you're if your family has roots in North Carolina, South Carolina, I think Virginia, um, a lot of those areas. But then you have people who were sent to Louisiana. Then you yeah. have uh, people like Brazil. Like with the African diaspora is everywhere. So you have Jamaica, you have the um, the Caribbean, the West Caribbean, mm-hmm. Bermuda, Barbados, all those places slaves were brought in to do the labor. And so when I trace my history back, my family has deep North Carolina roots. And so, but most of the ports were Charleston. So, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't a port in North Carolina. So the ports were like in Virginia and then also in South Carolina. So we know that people had to come by way of South Carolina. And so my last name, Morrison, um, my mom's maiden name, McDuffie, um, those are all Scottish names. And so when I trace my history in North Carolina, it goes back into like Park to North Carolina. Then it also goes into 
this area called Scotland County. Uh, Scotland County is yeah. also named after because the Scottish settled there. Yeah. And so basically some of them, they had slaves. And it's not that they brought the slaves over. They probably acquired slaves to do work. So a lot of them escaping persecution, escaping uh, oppression, what they did was come and they oppressed. Yes. You know? Yes. And so, um, and this is what greed leads to. Like greed yeah. can make you do some things that, you know, you wouldn't do. You wouldn't do, yeah. you know, or you shouldn't do. Yeah. And so, um, but that, and so I was able to go back on, on my dad's side, on the my dad's maternal, my uh, maternal grandmother to the place. No, it was, excuse me, my maternal grandmother. So her father was Clifton Ray. So I was able to go back and find the actual plantation that no most way. of them have been torn down, but there's sure. a lot of them that's still in existence. But the thing is, there's no markers. There is, so you, when you yeah. start talking about memorials and stuff, that's the type of memorials we need to start talking yeah, about. That, that memorial yeah. memorials that kind of set things right and that yes. tell us true history. And so, um, and but forgive me for not knowing. Genuinely, forgive me for not knowing this. There, would the Scottish landowners give their slaves their last name? Yeah. So you would have Scottish last names, not because you were... Well, because you were property. And right. so just like chattel, it's like you were the property of... Somebody was the property of the Rays, or you were the property okay. of Morrison, or you were the property of McDuffie. And so when you think about... Um, yeah, because McDuffie is so Scottish. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And so it's spelled with the I-E-R-Y. Uh -huh. And so when you when you have that, when, when, when you have emancipation that happened, the only names that they knew, because you had... You had over 240 years of slavery. Right. So you have no idea your ethnic story in West Africa. You don't know. And then at that time, even Africa was being disseminated from colonization and from colonialism. And so you have some place that was Ghana that's now now. Nigeria and mm. Benin and Togo and all these things, but <laughs> right. it was the Ghanaian Empire during that time. Yeah. And so those ethnic groups are in different places in different countries. And so you don't know that. You don't know that history. And there's some people like in Jamaica and different ones because they were in smaller areas. Um, they were able to keep some of their traditions and culture and, and, and heritage in that sense, but not really ethnic groups. And right. so you don't know that. And so the, what you take on, so you don't know what your name was. And naming is totally different in Africa than it is in Europe, you know, when you th think about Western culture and stuff like that. And so, you know, with 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 the families, they would be like the only name they knew is the the home that they were yeah. Um, yeah. slaves in. And so whatever your name was that was given to you, because a lot of times the slave owners, sometimes they would name slaves uh -huh. or sometimes slaves would, would have the benefit of naming their children. But if that child the was so, you know their what children. I'm saying? I, exactly. It's so a... sad. I know when you think of when you, I've done so, just with the, Oof. I've done so much research and yeah. it's like, if we only knew the full truth, I'm just saying, and if we taught the full truth, our country would be totally different because when people are aware and yeah. they acknowledge when they want to do the right thing, you get a different response because the more people know and they grow, like you'll you'll see this, Annie, as you're in this small group and as you're connecting, you're going to start learning things that you're like, why didn't I know this? Oh my gosh, that's how I feel reading and 1619 then, Project. Exactly. Oh. And, then, and then you get a little angry because you're like, if we, if I knew this in high school, yeah, 
You know what I'm saying? I, or if I knew this, then that conversation would have been different with such and such. Or yeah. if I knew this, I would have done this. You know, it's like all these different things, but I'm seeing movement. You yeah. know, yeah. there's some movement, like just the fact that you're even saying like you're reading 1619 Project yeah. and I want to just jump up out of my seat because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that's what that's what we need to do. And so when I when I see that, um, the reason why I did the Ancestry DNA is because going to Africa, people would say, what are you? Because they at- attach American to white. And so when ah. I would go to Africa, they would say, well, what about your parents? And I'm like, um, they're American. What about your grandparents? American. My great-grandparents, American. My great-great-grandparents, American. Yeah. And, you know, so, but I can go back to four generations on my grandmother's side and go back to the plantation, but I still don't know where they I cannot came believe that's from. only four generations ago. Yeah. I mean, when my, my mom's grandfather, his dad was born into slavery. That is And just, so that's why when we say it's we're it's not, not that far, far away. removed. And no. so I was alive when my mom's grandfather was alive. I called him Pop Jim. Uh-huh. And so my dad's father, my dad's grandfather, Daddy Cliff, we called him Daddy Cliff. I, you know, they were they were alive until I started school. Oh wow. You know what I'm saying? Until yeah. I was in like elementary school. And so they they passed away like in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? I'm just dating myself. You yeah, know, come I'm on, old. girl, me too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so so when you think about that history and the, then you think of the trauma like, yeah. and yeah. that generational trauma is real. Yeah. And so there's things I see in my grandparents and see in my parents where it's like these things are generational and th- we've never dealt with that as a country. We right. haven't dealt with it as a people because we don't know how to deal yeah. with it, you know? And so that's the reason for Be The Bridge. And so really Be The Bridge is like the things that this happening is to really help people um, develop their racial literacy, yeah. you know? And so- Yeah, I'm so glad the book you know, is coming out. Yeah, it's what like- a gift for you to write really that down really equip for us. people to do this work and to have, yeah. you know, distinct and transformative conversations around racial healing in America. Because, you you know, we always say you can't heal what we conceal. And mm. so trying to cover it up and you can see where in our history, there's people we celebrate, you know- I just think about Christopher Columbus. Like we oh, celebrate this day. Yeah. And it's Do like, you feel like people are starting to hate that one a little bit I more? Mean, though? I think more is getting better, but just look look, we're in two thousand nineteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Twenty nineteen. All right. That was fourteen ninety two. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we aren't on the uptick. We are we very the yeah, you're right. slow. You're right. You're you know right. what I'm saying? And even in his own country, he's not recognized. Yeah, that's right. And so, but we have a day the, for him. Yes. Yeah. And then I went to, even in New York, in Pennsylvania, like I went to places and they have Columbus Circle and all these different things, like the story that we just tell these make believe stories yeah. to make us feel good. And the thing is, in order to heal, you're going to have to feel bad yes. a little bit. Yes. We're going to have to lament some stuff. <gasps> And yes. then, and then we can move forward collectively. That's the word but they kept erasing using last it, night. Yeah, yeah, but erasing it. You know what that makes me feel like? It's like it makes my life feel like a lie when it's a race. It's mm. like it it causes it re-traumatizes yeah. people of color. Just imagine what we're doing to the natives. Yeah. Oh, the, I was about to say the first community. nation people. Yeah. Like Thanksgiving and and, and things like that. Right. Like how we re you know, um, injure and, and traumatize, um, those communities and, and, and things that we do, how we break treaties and, you know, do you have friends from that community? I would love to be introduced to some men and women that are, we we do, we, we have someone that's really involved with be the bridge. Her name is, um, 
I'm Mariah, and she's really involved uh, with with our work. And then some of the things, some other things that I'm doing. Mark Charles is another voice yes. that's out there. Um, there's he's another here, right? lady. No, right Mark guy? is in Mark is in um, DC. I want to say. Okay, he's okay. actually running for president. Oh, come on, let's I go. Know. He said, "I'm gonna join the wagon." It's about too. You know time. Someone who's he like, is, but it's we've really been here the longest. <laughs> exactly. And he's, I think he's from the Cherokee Nation. Yeah. And so him, and then there's some uh, Caitlin Curtis. There's so many people out there but one of the things I want to do be the bridge with this past year we went to Rwanda to do a learning exchange on their reconciliation process and how their government has instituted policy to destroy tribalism because tribalism you know is it's another ism uh-huh. um, just like racism that caused their genocide and but in order to to re- shift culture, you have to do things that's going to shift culture. And so they have Preach rules and on. regulations for their country that govern their country so that they will not repeat what happened during genocide. The same thing with Germany. Germany has done a great job with, with their history now, their history as it relates to colonization. Uh-huh. They haven't done a great job with recognizing that and healing that and paying and really... Re- repairing that in yes, the countries that yes. they they devastated but within their own country as it relates to the holocaust what they did to um our, our jewish community the jewish community when you step foot in in germany you're not seeing anything that elevates the the nazi flags or uh-huh, nazis it's uh-huh. a it's a shame to have been a part of that sure, you know yeah. and and then you're not seeing the consecration camps people having weddings like they do at our at plantation. Planta- okay, I'm glad you're saying this. Don't invite me to if you have don't I don't want to come to your wedding. Okay. <laughs> I I this is again, I have to apologize because I had never yeah. thought about this until the writer of sixteen nineteen project, Hannah yeah. Jones, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Hannah Jones, I follow her on Twitter. Okay. And she tweeted about one of our plantations here that uh uh-huh. Thomas Jefferson no, I can't remember which president owned it. Andrew Jackson. And was and is having a um a, a celebration of some sort. Uh-huh. And she was like, the idea that these still exist. And I was like, yeah, I have never, I, forgive me, Tasha. I just, just the things, the days we celebrate, I just didn't our money sometimes, it. like just, and that's the thing, like, it's like going to Nazi Germany and they're having Hitler on their money. Yeah. And at the same time, we entered the war. We have to realize as the United States, we entered the war. We entered this war to fight against you know, communism for Nazi Germany, what Uh was happening. And a lot of what Germany was doing as far as when you talk about polygenesis and, um, and, 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 and genocide and all those different things that they were doing, they study, Hitler studied America, apartheid, they studied America and they took it to another level as it relates to slavery and different things like that. But they studied, Hitler studied America and so um, there's this thing called State of Hate. And and it talks about, like, and there's so many books, like, even on Hitler, how he studied this um, slavery. He studied civil rights movement. And because it was like he wanted to return to the Aryan, he felt like yeah, the, the Aryans Aryan. were the pure blood. Yeah. And so, but you have people who live in India that are actually Aryans too, but because they mixed, I guess, with the indigenous. Like, it's like all this historical thing. The thing is... Let's let's all this stuff. All of us are mixed up. Yep. And there's more. You and I have more genetic things that are like than even me and other people in Africa. Wow. Yeah. So genetically, 
We're not that different. We're not right. different. Right. And then the thing is, at the if we're if we're people of faith, and we're saying that the ultimate, our mother and father, Adam and Eve, uh-huh. if that's what we believe, that means we're all connected. Right. That means we all belong. And there's no supremacy outside of God's supremacy. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing is just crazy to me, yeah. you know, when we yes. think about that. But we have real life consequences that we have to deal with. We have real things, barriers, and different things that we've set up. We have real issues as it relates to supremacy and racism here that we have to begin to tear down. And so it, I can't just say we're all one now, all you right. know, and we, <laughs> we all, did it. yeah, we did it. And, <laughs> you on, know, Christian. we're brothers and sisters and, you know, let's be colorblind. No, we no. need to be color caring and, okay. you know, color brave. And, and so because when you erase that, when you erase that, it's like you're erasing, first of all, a part of who God made me. Mm-hmm. He created me. We have no control. If you say, I I want to be, you know, black. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing I There's can do. There's nothing you can do. No. It's out of your control. So the fact that we would hold that against someone. Yes. That's some crazy stuff. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Tasha to tell you about our friends over at Samaritan Ministries. Fall is finally here. I don't know about you, but I love fall. I love the changing color of the trees, the cool air, the seasonal drinks, the hastening approach of the holiday seasons, all of it. But fall isn't just famous for coziness and colors. It also beckons in the flu season, colds, homework, and open enrollment. I know during open enrollment, health insurance contracts end and people are either looking for new options or keeping the same insurance for a higher rate. Yikes. Thankfully, I'm not going to have to worry about that anymore. And now while I see others scrambling for new healthcare options as their health insurance rates go up, I can sit back and relax because I do healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries isn't health insurance, so you can sign up at any time. And here's how it works. As a member, I get a notification each month telling me who to send to and how to be praying for that person. I can even send a note along with my money to share some encouragement or verse or just to let the person know I'm praying for them. It's such a simple but beautiful concept. If this sounds like something you want to be a part of, you can find out more and sign up at SamaritanMinistries.org slash that sounds fun. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash that sounds fun. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Prep Dish. Y'all know how much I love Allison at Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a meal planning service. So every week you get an email with a grocery list and prep ahead instructions. So all of your meals are ready for the week. No guesswork needed. You'll do your chopping and mixing ahead of time, leaving you with zero decisions to be made at dinner, but you're still getting to cook. And if you have a crazy schedule, I get it. This is such a time saver. You'll feel like a super mom, a super dad, a super Annie, a super friend, whoever you are, when you serve amazingly delicious meals like their smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables or turkey and zucchini lasagna. Their founder, our friend Allison, is offering you guys a free two-week trial to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out prepdish.com slash Annie for this amazing deal. Again, PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and keto options too. So make sure you head to prepdish.com slash Annie for your first two weeks for free. That's a no-brainer. Y'all should try it. And now back to our conversation with Tasha. I had an older friend say to me when we were having a conversation about this, uh-huh. say, but I haven't done anything, oh, yeah. I got but one. I haven't, 
I didn't own slaves. Right. I haven't been racist. Right. I but I can't figure out how to have friends that are different than me right. because they don't live in my neighborhood. They don't go to my church. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I said, join a be the yeah. bridge group. <laughs> I, I can, I know how I can solve you having friends <laughs> right, that are right, different, but, right. but I feel like that, that sentiment That's, that you hear that. I probably hear that like once a day. Uh huh. And this is well, being, good. I checked it off yeah. for your day today. <laughs> So tell me, because I know that's not true. Because you have to understand Western culture is very individualistic. Mm -hmm. And so you can't separate individual racism from systemic racism. And so it's we've inherited a broken mess that many of us did not create. But some of us have benefited from it. My grandparents weren't allowed to finish high school because there was no high school in their area that was desegregated that would let black black people go. Mm -hmm. And so that impacts a generation. That impacts your wealth. My grandparents weren't allowed to build a house where they wanted to build a house. They had to live in certain redlined areas. And then their homes, their property values were devalued because they were black. You build wealth by property and you build wealth by houses. Mm-hmm. And so by, by, you know, by homes, having homes and leaving that to your children, that accumulates wealth. But what I'm saying, when you have black people that were left out of that into the 1960s. Right. And you have white people that were able that to do that. That are getting inheritance year to, after from, year. Yeah. Since the since 1600. Yeah, that's right. You know, 1619. Right. We, you know, let's, let, let's say, I mean, like the, the head start on that. Uh-huh. And so when we say that you were benefactors, so yeah. it has nothing to do. So when we're talking about systemic issue, we have to separate this from individualism, you know, and look at this as a collective. Mm-hmm. And so because we are the body of Christ, we can even say because we are Americans, we should be collective. Yeah. And so when we and when we look at the scripture, scripture is collective. Yeah. So let's take it to scripture and let's talk about let's talk about the sins of Achan. Just for an example, yeah. when you have when his whole tribe and clan with him stealing, you know, some stuff, some loot that he was wasn't supposed to loot to 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 steal, all of them received consequences because of that. And right. so when we talk about this collectiveness of the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament, you'll say that, you know, this is how God judged Israel mm-hmm. for the things that were wrong. Mm-hmm. So when we look at, you know, the Isaiah and, you know, we look at Jeremiah, we look at all, especially the minor prophets and all those different things, you can see how people were judged by not the things that they were doing personally, but because of Israel as a collective. So whether right. it was whatever tribe was happening, if they were not being obedient to the laws, that's what, you know, they were, had to suffer those consequences yeah. for that. And, and, you know, when we start looking to exile and all these different things where, you know, one king would do well, but then the son will come in and the son would do bad. And then the next, you know what I'm saying? We see these things where they're connected uh-huh. and they're collective. And so although this king wasn't, you know, like his father, it was still connected. We look right. at David and Solomon. Right. You know what I'm saying? We could, I mean, we can go ahead and we can do some theology stuff, right. just like right. breaking that down. But then when you get to the New Testament under the new covenant and you're talking about Jesus and dying so that we can be reconcile not only to God but to the Father. And so when we think about that that process, you know, now God judges the church, mm-hmm. the bride. Mm-hmm. So we're connected. 
Yeah. We don't get out of this. So even, yeah, right. even in my anger, even in my frustration where things are happening, and sometimes I want to throw in the towel. Sometimes uh-huh. I just want to just... You just, white people ain't worth this. Yeah, you know what they I'm saying? It's like pain. the pain, like I it's easy it. for me to just want to go live in a bubble uh-huh. and just be with my people, people who can understand me. But that's not right. Because yeah. when we get, when we say on earth as it is in heaven, what do we think it's going to be like? Do we think it's going to be like, is heaven's going to be racially segregated? Right. Like, do we really, th- I think we really think that. It's going like, to look like us. Yeah. Everybody I think they thinks think, Jesus looks like them. And, and I think that people think that like the way I like to have church is how we're going to have church. Uh, Listen, there's not one race, not one. First of all, race is not of God. Uh-huh. Race was considered to, for, was created. Racial hierarchies were considered for people to oppress one group or another. So ethnicity. The only reason you want to separate that's people. Exactly. The only reason why you're yeah. not white. I don't, like, I don't know if you know your history, like as far as if you're, you know, Irish or if you're mm-hmm. uh, British or, you know, whatever, you know, like when you do that research, but when people came to America, they had to shed all of that. So the Italians had to shed what it meant to be a Italians, sometimes last names, Jewish people even had to assimilate into this American white culture, like you were creating a white race. And so that started in the 1700s. And so when you start seeing in the census in the 1700s, you start seeing white come up. So where you were Polish when you came here, but when you come out of this system, you're white. white. And so a lot there's a lot there's been a lot of lost culture on all sides. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. And so I'm not doing one of those all, all sides things, but I'm just saying there's no, been there's been a lost culture of things that, you know, people who were Irish were having to go back and say, Well, I don't know what kind of foods I like. I don't uh-huh. know what kind of dance. I don't know anything about my true culture yeah. because that was stripped away. But this is the thing. Yeah, because what those I know things, is southern. That's the culture. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, though our ethnic culture is something that God gives us. Mm. And not one ethnic culture can make up the totality of who God is. So, so if yeah. we're saying that we are all created in the image of God, so the, the tribes that we see around this world, the ethnicities that we see around this world, those are things that God created. Yeah. And so when we diminish that and we we require people to assimilate and to, when you think about languages, who creates language? Mm-hmm. You know? And when we tell people that that's, you can't speak that or you can't sound like that, you have to be this way, we are putting ourselves in the place of God. Mm. And that's sin. Yeah, that's right. That's idolatry. Mm-hmm. And so we have to just know that. And I think those are some of the things that help us when we start really taking a step back and when we start saying, I've been conditioned in this country to think of myself as in, as superior mm-hmm. and others as inferior. Mm. We have to really confess that and say, yeah. Lord, change me. Yeah, I don't want to be like that. And so the things that you're doing, like having these conversations, reading, following people on Twitter, those are all the things that I tell people to start doing when you start this journey. And then you have to start figuring out, okay, I know I'm Southern, but what? Okay, what am I? What is what my culture? I? Yes. Like and so there's an American culture that was created when you say white culture. Like there's a culture that's connected to that. And the history shows us what that culture is. Uh-huh. But you have to like you kind of have to like say, "Okay, I understand that, but now I'm going to be transformed for that." So yeah. although in this country I'm still white, 
but I want what is what is my ethnic journey? What has mm. been my ethnic journey? Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for you to do that yeah. than me. But we do know the tribes that because slavery was about money. Yeah. And so we do know the slaves, um, the tribes in Africa that were impacted. Yeah. You know, and so those are certain things. So I'm going to do another test um, called African Ancestry, mm-hmm. um, where it takes you and it will give you the percentage of tribes that oh, you have. Wow. And I really want to do gift. that. But it's like expensive. Yeah. And so a part of me gets angry in the sense, like, why well, I have to pay for this? Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This should be something like if we were creating a system of reconciliation like Rwanda, this will be something I should be able to find out because of the history. And so I think that's the thing is like, it's not your fault, but it's all of our responsibility to repair. So that's the thing, Tasha, because I don't think a black guy wants me walking up to him at a Tennessee Titans game and going, I'm really sorry. No, I'm really no, sorry. No, 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 no. Right. So, so this, so tell me, yeah. because also somebody don't at a do restaurant, that. right. Anybody <laughs> do if that. you're here that don't I'm sorry for the do slavery. That. Don't what do is that. she doing? <laughs> yes. But this is what you can do. Yes. Okay. Because that's awkward and right. we're all different because just how, this is the thing. You always want to listen to the majority voices. And so when, especially when it comes to people of color. So you may have 95% of the people that's saying, speaking the same thing. Uh-huh. Then you're going to always have 5% that's like, no, that don't bother me. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you want to listen to the majority voices. But sometimes we're okay. looking to for an excuse not to care. Yeah. And so you'll listen to the people that's in your circle. But just like African-Americans have been impacted by what we live in. So there's a thing called, we call internalized racism, but there's also, we are under the same education system that you're under. And so we're also blind. There's a lot of stuff I had to learn on my own Uh and learn through history books and learn through conversation and learn through watching documentaries and all these things. But when you go to a, a game, you just like any, if you just like you're getting to know anyone else, you get to know people of color just like that. There may yeah. be things, there's things we have in common. We're both single. Okay. We're both Christian women. We're both speakers. We're both authors, you know, all these different things. There's Only a three lot of, of those we chose. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? We have not chosen. Yes. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and right. so, but there's things that, that, that connect, you to people and then those other things will happen because yeah. for us talking about especially race and in this environment and atmosphere there we don't know if you're a safe person or not and then okay. sometimes even if you're a friend you're like I don't want to talk about those things because I don't want the tension to get there so we talk amongst ourselves so I've always talked had a conversation around race since I was in like High school, yeah. you know, middle school, but I only had it with people that looked like me because mm-hmm. that was a safe. Because at times when I did have other conversations, um, it didn't go well. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then that you create a wall and a mm-hmm. division, you know, mm-hmm. with that. But I would say, you know, if you're at a game, just be nice. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen to people. How does this make you feel? Like, what are you feeling right now? Instead of feeling like you have to give an answer or you have to. Um, make up for something or you have to take responsibility or something, just listen. And so the, what I tell people as a white person, what you can really do is, is a couple simple things is listen, lament. And when I would say lament, I mean mourn and, and like more to lament means to mourn and to have a s- sorrowful um, disposition in the sense. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm feeling bad about something, you know, maybe something just happened in our country. Um, Instead of saying, you know, well, 
explaining it away. They didn't mean it like that. Or, you know, it, at least it's not as bad as it used to be. Or, you, you know, like we try to make someone feel a certain way to yeah. kind of make ourselves feel it's better. It's to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. yeah and so sure. the thing is, like, you know what? I hate that this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love you. And I, I'm mourning with you. Even mm-hmm. if you don't understand. you, mm-hmm. I can mourn with you. Even if my, my friend lost a child, she had a miscarriage. I, I don't know what that feels like. But I can mourn with her. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like I can rejoice with someone. You yeah. know, like yeah. you know, someone wins. You know, a house or a car. It didn't have to happen to me to be to celebrate with yeah. them. Yeah. And so that's the same thing that you do. Is sometimes we may not agree and we may not understand, but I can still mourn with you because I care about you and I love you and and I see that this is painful for you. Yeah. You know. But sometimes we have to have eyes to see, and that's called empathy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like it's called empathy and then leverage. You know. So what we do is we leverage, you leverage your relational capital, your impact to help lift up, you know, a a marginalized voice. And so I think in the sense there's certain things, especially in the Christian space, that is a lot more difficult for people of color Mm -hmm. than someone like yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so you lend a mic to people of color and have conversations and, you know, talk about, you know, their businesses and yeah, different things yeah. like that and promote those things. And that's the way you leverage because you're leveraging what God has given you to lift others up. And uh-huh. we would do that with anyone, you know what right, I'm saying? But just right. being very intentional and strategic about those things. So, um, you know, so I would say that's not a odd, that's not a hard question. And this is the thing there's for me, because I am a bridge builder and how, I believe that bridge building is about lifting up the marginalized voice. Like it's about the things that I just told you, us coming together and you really taking the posture of listening and humility. Um, but also you have to realize everybody doesn't think like I think, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, And so for me, God has given me, I think, a gift in the sense and um, several other people that we can answer those questions, you mm-hmm. know, but everybody doesn't want to answer those questions, right, you know? Right. And so that's why relationship exactly, has to come first. Relationship is like the starting point. It's not the ending, but it's the starting. And so then, how do we do, how do we find friends that are of different races yeah. than us that do not feel like I'm trying to be your friend? Cause I need a black friend. Go into spaces. Like for instance, there's some, there's churches here where just go and be a part of a different church or go be a part of, um, you know, one of the things Even I did. Even sign up for a Bible study at a different church? a Bible study. Okay. I know people who did that an entire church and um, they're outside of Fort Worth, but that entire church for the summer, because they don't do small groups and they don't do um, like weekly Bible studies, but the black church does. Uh-huh. And so they joined the black church to uh-huh. do that and develop friendships and relationships. And it, and it wasn't about coming in and saying, I want you to be like us. Why are you singing that song? Or why are you bringing all your blackness on stage? Why do y'all, why do y'all dance so hard? Why do you like white is not right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so we have to understand there's different expressions, right? Our cultural expressions, the way we, we should be amazed at the way how faith was abused as in the word of God was abused as it relates to slaves. Yes. That there is still a black church. Yes. We should be amazed. I mean, 
the book of Exodus was taken out. You know what I'm saying? And and that. what they, yes, the, the slave Bible, the book of Exodus, they have it on display at the um, Bible Museum. And you can look it up. You can look look up slave Bible and you can see all the scriptures that were taken out that was about liberty and oh, liberation and about hurt. restoration. So it was like you were told you are a slave and how we use the Bible to abuse and to manipulate. And we would use other slaves to manipulate and abuse other slaves. And so when we think about that, the black church is a miracle, uh-huh. you know? Yes. And so we got to come in there with respect because this is what survived out of oppression, Yes, you know? And there's something about the black church that even I had, I didn't really realize until as an adult that we took our pain and our sorrow and our lament. And even in the, the midst of that, wanting justice, God birthed joy, mm. you know? And so when you think about the things that were born out of joy, so blues music, yeah. When you think about this, how it tells a story, gospel music, the good news, you know, and 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 you know, and so you think about these things that were birthed, and and then you get into the eight, the late seventies and eighties, and you talk about hip hop. Uh huh. The things that African Americans that were stripped of culture had to create culture, and how God has used that culture to change the world. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. As it relates, and I'm just talking about music right yeah. now, but there's other things too yep. when we think about that and and how stories and 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 history was recorded in these things, uh-huh. you know, and, and and music and poems and you know and poetry and just so many different things. And so we we have to have an appreciation for that. So even the style, why, you know, pastors would they they talk louder. You know, T.D. Jakes, he yes. says some stuff over and over yeah. again. I listen to him every week. Uh-huh. He says stuff over and over again. that I'm like, this is a, it's a cadence. This is a bl- yeah. And, a, a and this is a black preacher talking yes. about like, you can do it. You yep. don't get held back. Don't yeah. get held down. And I'm like, we, we don't ta- to, we don't talk like that. We in the don't white talk church. like that. And this is the thing. I need to hear some of that because they have to talk like that, especially when you're dealing with a group that was marginalized and oppressed. Yes. Like you can't come in there and it's all about, you know, um, you know, I can't even think of the word right now, but like just the it could be so solemn or yes. like um, the depravity of man. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like yes. I need to see, I need to hear about how we're going to make it over. Yeah. That's you know right. what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> I need to hear some victory. I need to, I need to be reaffirmed and who God created me to be. I need yes. to know that I'm an image bearer. I need you to yeah. remind me of that. Yeah. I need to know that we're going to have victory. You know yes. what I'm saying? And so when we sing songs like We Shall Overcome and, you know, and all these different, what a friend we have in Jesus, like uh-huh. all these different things, you know, um, there's a story behind those things. So I think I think we should just look at the black church and we should look at the, you know, the Asian church and just be in awe they're in existence, yes. you know? And so right now they in- exist for survival because what it, what happens is when we come into predominantly white churches, it's like everything is related to white culture in a sense. And I don't want to say Christian culture because sometimes we interchange the two where it's like Christian culture becomes white culture. And so, but you have to understand culture like that. And right. so um, we have classes to help people understand yes. all the things that you're not understanding um, for people to understand. And then get those online, about. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. identity, they can take them through our online course. And okay. we're birthing a lot of stuff this year, starting in um, 2020. So 
But yeah, but those are because I'm using a lot of terminology that typically I explain when I start saying uh, black identity, white identity, white culture, you know, all these different things. These are things, words that we explain. And sometimes I don't like to use them because the, I know the way they're going to be interpreted and how mm. a, a person who thinks individualistic, and it's not to say collective, it's not to say collective thinking and individualistic thinking is wrong. It's just the things we have to understand what individualistic culture yeah. is and what collective culture is yeah. and understand that we're not alike and have the perspective and the lens that we're looking through uh-huh. and how just kind of like a you we talk about the Enneagram. Yeah. Okay. What are you? I'm a nine. Oh I'm a nine a with the eight wing. Of yeah. I'm a nine with the eight <laughs> wing. But you knew I was gonna ask exactly. you knew I, we know, were gonna go I there. know, I know. And so I'm a nine with the eight wing, but the thing is like it's good to, I'm aware, it makes me more self-aware. And so yes. it makes me know how to interact with the, when I know someone's a three, okay, that's my uh-huh. best friend. Uh-huh. Okay, I know. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I know how you are. Yeah. Okay. Ones, I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't really work with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to work yeah, with you. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You know, but I'm just saying, like, Sweet it's one. just so it makes us, it's not saying that either one is wrong, but uh-huh. there's strengths and there's weaknesses to each one. Yeah. And so the same thing when it comes to individualistic thinking and when you talk about collective thinking, because sometimes with collective thinking, the burden of every, you take on the burden of everyone else so they, it, it could also be a shame culture too yeah, you know right. and so and that's what we don't want to build that exactly, either exactly right? exactly and so what i really tell people is like and we talk about a lot of times in this work you're going to feel shame and guilt as a as a as a white person mm-hmm. and it's not to say when you start feeling that or the discomfort of that it's not to say that that's wrong it's to say what really that needs to happen is it needs to be lament because we want right. to do something like but sometimes we just need to sit in and say you know what I have nothing to do with this, but I'll be doggone as I'm going to leave this earth Yes, without having said something, done something to change the legacy for the generation behind us. Yeah, that's that's right. what we need to do. We can't that's change right. the past, yeah. but we sure can change the future. Yes, we can, we can start making sure, you know what? I'm going to start reading more about this. I'm going to start talking more. I'm going to step out my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start going to a Bible study. I'm going to start going to a different small group. I'm going to join, meet up, and go to some of these cultural events that's happening in, yeah. in my community. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do some things. I'm going to go to a different gym or shop at a different grocery store. I'm mm-hmm. going to do some things that's a little different to step out of that. The different grocery store. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. It's so simple. Different grocery store. Because I say store. hey to the other people buying apples at my Kroger. Yeah, exactly. I can say hey to anybody buying exactly. apples at Exactly, exactly. And yeah. who you follow if you're on social media. You know, if Man, you that's know what someone, I've been working hard at. I and mean, this is what you do. Yeah. It's like you go to people like myself or mm-hmm. Amina, different people that you know, and you're like, okay, let me follow some of the people they yes. follow. That's what that's, you do. And then it, and, and, <laughs> Hannah Jones is a great example for yeah. me because someone else retweeted her and I was like, and it was before 1619 Project came okay, out. And, okay. But she was talking about it. And so right. I was like, okay, yeah. I want to hear this. Yeah. And sometimes she makes my skin Exactly, crawl, exactly. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, okay. Exactly. Okay, but something a young woman, a Keep young black it. woman last night said at small group, is she said, it would just help if you decentered yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, look at you, Annie. Right? And I thought. You're using that's the terminology. The, I like it. That is the thing I hadn't. You I have to decenter. Known. And so when when people were talking, I was going, this isn't about decenter myself. And she said, decenter yourself and center the injustice. That's I good, right? I almost cry. <laughs> I'm like, for real. Like, yeah. I'm just telling you, it's like, let me tell you, people of color, it's not like we're 
asking for a lot. But just even to hear someone that you're doing the work, that you're trying, that you're that you're sitting, you're learning, you're teaching yourself, like that does my heart so much joy. Oh, like, I you. mean, just to even say something like that, you're like, I heard so, but the only way you would know this is because you're in a small group now. Yeah. You're doing this work. And so someone said that, like, decenter, and this is the thing individualistic thinking and culture, you center yourself. Yes. So everything revolves around, around your me. existence. Yep. So it's not about... So what they say about white yes, people offends me because exactly. I'm in the I take middle. it internalize yes. it. Yes. And so it's yes. also too where it's like, I'm not just thinking about this is how I'm thinking about me and my family. Like mm-hmm. this, how, th- how mm-hmm. does this impact me and my family? Mm-hmm. For me, it may not impact me and my family. Like, you know, so... If this is an impact, if this is good for me and my family, but if it's not good for the entire group, mm-hmm. if it's not good for the collective, right, then I'm not going to go along with it. Right. That explains a lot mm-hmm. into when we even look at our um, partisanship and all mm-hmm. these different things mm-hmm. where even if something were to benefit me, if it doesn't benefit the whole, I'm not going to go along. That's collective culture. And that's mm-hmm. what's different. That's what we're going and for. So, yeah. And yeah. so, and so when you start thinking about even having a balance in that, so even with collective culture, when you look at like most Asian com- countries are collective culture, most African countries are very collective. Acts 2 um, is yeah, collective. Exactly. That's the start of the church. I mean, everything, when yeah. you start thinking about that, yeah, you know, because every time when you, when you think about um, Ananias and Sapphira, you think uh-huh. about that, I'm like, why she had to die? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, she, yeah. Like, what? I mean, you could have just smited her a little bit. I mean, bit. when you're reading that, she's like, she walks up and doesn't know her husband's dead. I'm like, don't exactly. say it, don't say it, don't, don't say, say it. it. She's like, like, nope, we didn't keep any of the money. You're like, dang it, girl, you're about to die. <laughs> but she was collective. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. You know what yeah. She was collective. Yeah. And, so, and so, I mean, just... Just when you read scripture, it also gives you a new lens to mm-hmm. read scripture too, mm-hmm. because we read scripture through our cultural lens. Mm-hmm. And when you realize like this wasn't your culture, like, yeah. like we are the empire. You right. know, this is operating when you're talking about God was coming to establish the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus is all about, the kingdom, like so he's he's like up against the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the upside down kingdom of God. Right. So we have to think kingdom minded. So it even it even shifts the way I look at scripture. You know, we read the story of Esther. Do we understand in that day and time when you talk about we were like Hammond's wife like right. we were like you know what i'm saying that's that's whenever different. people bring, talk about esther i'm like can we all get around that she was trafficked exactly like exactly hi. and we talk about vast time because she was like i ain't doing that yeah like, and we like she rebellious like right. no she was like she was standing up for herself right, right. like she's a hero right, you know what i'm right. saying and so there's so many things when you start reading this stuff and as a woman when we as read different things and we read different scriptures and you know you talk about jl and all these different people. You I mean, start... talk about the woman at the well. Don't get exactly. me started exactly. on all these pastors who've always told me exactly. she was divorced five times. Exactly. Scripture all this stuff. Mary Magdalene. You know right. I mean? We can right. go on, but as women, when we start looking at this, we start seeing through a different lens. And the same mm-hmm. thing as a person of color. I mean, do we know, like, let's say over 90% of the Bible is people of color? Yeah. But how we oh, yeah. envision and how the Catholic Church has distorted the I mean, images. Egypt is Africa. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And so when we think about that, 
there's a lot. I think a lot, I, I tell people when I speak sometimes, like, we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised. Like, some uh-huh. people are going to see Jesus and say, uh-oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and be like, is that him? We've ooh, been wrong about this. Like, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I'm like, you better get used to it now. Yeah, yeah. We got to get used to it now because, you know, if you don't like someone speaking in a different language here, you right. you may not yeah, like heaven, like right. you know, right. like you know what you know, like let's let's be real. Let's like this is you're living in a, a fairy tale, mm-hmm. and so we need to get real about this yeah. thing. So yeah, so listen, lament, leverage. Yes, okay. Listen, so and buy, be the bridge, and leverage. Yes. I get to say that one. You don't have to say that one. But we're all gonna read. Be the yes, bridge. Yes. Get yeah. some friends together. And be the bridge.com. Is that the best way we find everything? You know, Give yes, yeah, yeah. Listen, learn, lament, and leverage. Listen, learn, oh, lament, Oh, I'm sorry, and learn. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> That's learn. That's the key I'm skipping word. the learning one, of course. <laughs> Listen, learn, lament, and leverage. And leverage. Okay. And so, yeah, so the Be The Bridge book, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to write that, it's the cornerstone for our organization, but we kind of, it's important for me to, for people to have context. And yeah. so you can you can only do so much in a 45-minute conversation or, uh, you know, when you're speaking. or And so that's why we do trainings and Girl, different things. Girl, you wish this was so 45 people, minutes. We're at hour and 10. Oh, okay. So, well, well, I'm talking about when we speak. Yeah, yeah. Normally, <laughs> Just when we go to a conference, we get 20 minutes and we get 40 minutes. And you can't really go yeah. get underneath. And so... Yeah. With the book, we get underneath. And yeah. so it's all about bringing racial heal. And so I tell people like, hey, look, if you get uncomfortable, stay in the discomfort. That's right. So just think about it. If you're uncomfortable, think about how I feel. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you press through, like you said, like, ooh, like this is painful what they're saying. But you, like you said, I'm going to decenter myself. I'm going to decenter yeah, myself. Yeah. And sometimes it's you not have about to me. do. Hannah exactly, Jones doesn't see me. Exactly. She, she doesn't, doesn't know. know you. She doesn't. <laughs> and that's okay. She doesn't know. And right. she's talking some Sometimes in general terms, yeah. she's not talking like to Annie, yeah. but just like the word of God. Like sometimes it's like we hear things and we like, right. ooh, it cut. Like, and it's like, they're not trying to like cut you, yeah. but sometimes truth cuts. That's right. And That's it's, right. it's uncomfortable. That's right. And so I try to take these people to really approach this like you approach your faith yeah, because it's a part of our faith, right. you know? And right. so... So that's where we are. All right, girl. Well, listen, I will tell you, I am sorry that I am late <laughs> on the uptake of making, of leveraging like I should have. Yeah, I yeah. should have been leveraging sooner, and I am really sorry. Uh, but I am doing it now. Thank you we so much. I'm so glad. So, you I, have a um, lot of friends. So I know, well, we're yeah, and we're getting. I mean, we are really intentional. Yeah. About making making sure that we reflect the kingdom of God yeah. as best we can. That's so good. we are working on it. We didn't get to it. talk about like our fun stuff that we have in common. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because we talked about singleness. So I know, no, <laughs> no, no, that was that was, we okay, have that well, in that's common. Perfect. Because here's the last question that we always ask: Is there anything we left out that you want to talk about? Anything we need to say? Well, I know one thing that we have in common that you may not know that we have in common. What? It's Hallmark Channel. <gasps> Latasha, I do know how much you love the Hallmark Channel. It is. I mean, do you have a favorite movie? I um, I kind of like a lot of them. I have so many recorded because oh, mm-hmm. it's really like a self-care thing for me. So although, you know, they're they're working hard. Um, yeah. I, I've written a couple pretty pieces. White. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've you know, and they're, I think they're listening. But you see, that comes, that's a cultural thing, yes. too. And so you got to have 
it flows. You got to have people in there in that space. But I can see where they're making an effort. Yeah. So hopefully it'll get better. But yeah. it's really one of those things where it. Um, I like things to end with a bow on it yeah. for me. Yeah. And so and it's like, do. and I don't have to think about yeah. it. And I can just watch. It's going to make me feel good. Right. So it's just like an escape. It's a, yes. it's fake. It's make-believe. Yes. It's make-believe. Yes. Sometimes I get a little frustrated. Uh-huh. But, you know, like um, probably one of my I liked a lot of the Christmas movies. Yeah. So when they had Christmas in July, yeah. it just oh, like, just it just, you keep just, them coming. Yes, keep them I coming. love the Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, but when a Candace lot of, Cameron Bure and I get to write, and I have this dream that she's not, she and I are going to write some Christmas movies. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to, diversity's top of the list. Yes, yes. I'll be and like, I yes. need Latasha Morris you know to be what? in this movie. And I have some ideas for some okay, Christmas movies. Let's go. So, yes, so we'll I'm just like, throw I'm you always. In. Okay, Candace, we're coming for you. We're coming, Candace. You know, we're coming. But it's to good. Write but I movies. love, I, I like their show too. So it's just some some things on there. I love Christmas. Yeah. And um, so I think that's Yeah, because that's our things. last question is what do you do for fun? Because the show's called That Sounds Fun. So is the answer watching Hallmark movies? I mean, the answer, what I do for fun is I like to watch Hallmark movies yes. and listen to Christmas music. <laughs> 365 <laughs> days of the year. Nah. Atta girl. Nah, yeah. So, yeah. But, I, you know, I love being with friends. And, yeah. You know, so those are things. And I like to laugh. Like, yes. you really need to laugh. And so I think even That's my hope this, for dinner tonight. There's oh, a handful yes. of us going to dinner. I'm like, oh, we're going to laugh. I'm just saying, like, in this justice work, like, you can have joy in the yeah. midst of it. And yeah. so, you know, um, we, you know, the, a lot of people talk about joy and justice. And yes. so joy that's and what justice. I feel like I have. And I just like, you know, my grandmother would say, and I just remember the joy of the Lord is your strength, that's you know? Right. And right. I, and you know, and it's just one of those things where it's like, things are hard, but like, it's like, I'm getting like my grandmother, like, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Yeah. I thank God for saving me. And so that's where my joy comes from. But that's like an yeah. old saying that you hear. You can go, like, if anyone is a person of color, especially African-American is listening to that, and I just said that, they could probably finish that sentence. Uh-huh. When I say, when I think of the... And they, they can fit, do it. They yeah. can finish it. Yeah. There's just sayings that we have, but um, that's the thing that keeps me going. And then my love for people. And yeah. I want to see people whole, and I want to see us reflect John 17. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, if, if Jesus talked about unity and oneness, not sameness, but oneness, oneness. before he went to the cross, yeah. that means it's pretty darn important. Yeah. And we've been attacked in that since yes. day one. Yes. And so we have to be new public relations for Jesus. Yeah. I'm in it with you. Yeah. Whatever you need from me. Okay. I'm, it's recorded. People okay, hear this. It's recorded. Whatever you You're need from it. me, Tasha. I am, I am well, really thank in. You. So thank thanks you so for much. doing this. It's good. Oh, friends, isn't she the best? I, I'm just so grateful for her leadership and her kindness and, she just seems to be um, so willing to be the bridge for us. And I am so thankful. Make sure you go ahead and grab a copy of her new book, Be the Bridge. Comes out on Tuesday, but today is the perfect day to pre-order it. So make sure you do that and give her a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And tell her thanks for being on the show. And make sure you follow Be the Bridge as well. Get a part of that conversation. If you need me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in future. Today it's going to stand for future because of where we're going. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you need me, that's how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you and I will do the same and we'll see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend.